I'm gonna make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent, buy or stream the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the best movies you've never seen. My name is Stephen Fennec. I am the movie fan and I'm joined by my movie newbie, Trevor Long. G'day, Trev. I've decided to call myself a movie fan. Movie fan. Oh, you are now. It's at this point in this great show (laughs) that I determined myself to be a movie fan. Just a little bit of trivia. You know our intro, all the movies in there. Yeah, we haven't covered. We've covered four of them. Four out of them. So you... You listeners can decide which ones we've already done. Go to the back catalogue, listen to the intro again, and tell us which ones that right. we want us to do Good next. Plan. Well, this week, though, we're doing Interstellar. This was released in 2014, directed by Christopher Nolan, stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, and Jessica Chastain, and a host of other stars. Mm. Now, this screenplay, right? So, so the movie's about space, going into space, Earth's in trouble, and there is a bit of science behind this movie, as, you, as you've as you now discovered. Yep. The screenplay was based on the works of a theoretical physicist, and he became a producer. Kip Thorne, Dr. Kip Thorne, was a producer on the movie. Wow. And he says that he described the story as based on warped space-time, which we kind of get into in the movie. Yep. And the exotic events in the universe suddenly becoming accessible to humans. Now, early in the pre-production, remember I told you Dr. Thorne became a producer. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll do it, but on these following conditions, that you have to, nothing would violate the established physical laws uh, and all the the speculation would spring from scientific research and knowledge. So so no no creative license. I'm really glad you've opened with this because that's essentially one of the biggest questions I've had is, how much of this is because it's like yeah. if I watch The Big Bang Theory, I just assume it's all you know <laughs> yeah. real theories because yes. I assume there's a bit of you know someone sitting yeah. there going, "Hang on, mate, we can't say that." And in a movie, I feel like they might have taken a bit of poetic license. So that's brilliant. That's yeah. really so cool. No, they said that, and, and all the so any kind of creative decision from mm. the screenwriters had to be based on science. So Christopher Nolan, who wrote, produced it, and directed it, accepted the term, said, "Sure." 
as long as they didn't didn't get in the way of making the movie, and so it, this didn't prove uh, produce any clashes at all. So Thorne spent two weeks talking Nolan out of one thing though, uh, one aspect of his story talked him out of faster than light travel. He said no, right, that's not. And he, he talked him out of it, so that wasn't in the movie. So, so that was, again, something they tried yeah. to do, but yeah. he said no. goes further, though. Screenwriter, because Jonathan Nolan co-wrote the screenplay with Christopher Nolan. I was going to say brother. Christopher Nolan. They're brothers, yeah, yeah they're okay. brothers. Now, Jonathan Nolan worked on the script for four to five years, right? Wow. He even went, he, he even studied relativity at the California Institute of Technology. In that time, he did a, he studied it so that he could, in the screenplay, he could inject fact rather than just, thinking, oh, it'll be like this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. rather than saying, so, yeah. you know, this many light years to get there yeah. and the idea is you go behind a black hole and all, like actually put some... He studied it. And relativity wow. is a lot of the science that Albert Einstein came up with as That's well. That's right. So had you heard of this movie? Not Were at there all. any impressions of this whatsoever no, for you? No, so I definitely hadn't heard of it, but I think um, when I searched it up on Fetch, I kind of saw the screen... You know the, the thumbnail, and I yeah. thought maybe I've maybe I've heard it. I thought maybe I'd seen it. Yeah. I've seen a few. Space what was your movies. thumbnail, Matthew McConaughey? You know, yeah, or? and that was what put me off because I think oh, I don't think I've seen him in a in such a thing. And then the other, we do a lot of radio every week, and one of our um, one of my radio stations has become a listener to this Ooh, podcast. Bill Co, shout out. G'day, um, Bill. And so in my intro now, he yeah. says, you know, from two blokes talking tech and the best movie you've ever seen. <laughs> really? Anyway, and I said, wait for this week, um, Interstellar, and his co-host said, oh. Um, Matthew McConaughey and I went. Well, you've just told me more than I knew. Um, Whoa! And so, and she goes, "It's a bit sci-fi." And so I went, "Oh, okay." So, well, it started really, me off. Yeah. It started me off in a bad place. No, um, I, well, which was you, fascinating. Well, I disagree with that. It's, it's more science. It's more fact than fiction. Like, which is the whole now, that's scientific again why it's side so fascinating that you've yeah. said all that from the get-go. There is, you go. I wanted to set that straight. Yeah, it was nominated for five Oscars, wow. and one for best visual effects. Visual effects were pretty good. But it was also nominated for Best Music Score. The music score was awesome. Hans Zimmer, genius music score. Didn't win. It was nominated for Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, Production Design. Only one for Best Visual Effects. This is your last exit before the freeway. We're going to take a deep dive into Interstellar. But if you haven't seen it, you can catch it on Fetch. As you can, uh, thousands of movies. And uh, there's the movie box, which is uh, 30-odd movies every single month for you to watch for free. Or, of course, there's the thousands of movies you can rent and buy. Add them to your own library. Uh, rent them and watch them within a set period of time. Uh, there's 4K movies. There's classics. Um, they've separated them out into different genres so you can find different movies of a theme. There's kids' movies. It really is your home entertainment box uh, deluxe because the Fetch is your one-stop shop for everything. So I watched this, in fact, on stand because when I said to a Fetch, I said Interstellar, it gave me the option of watching it on stand. I'm already a subscriber, so I didn't need to pay for it. So happy days, um, I watched it on stand. So that's how I watched it. And that's how you can watch it as well. If you've got a Fetch box, uh, you can get Fetch from major retailers and internet providers. Or you can go to fetchtv.com.au. Radio, you've seen it. What are your first impressions? Don't give it away. So hold your hold your powder. <laughs> but uh, what are your impressions after your first watch? My my first watch is oh, I'm I actually had a lot of questions. Like I was more. Yeah. Um, I'll be very clear. I'm not confused. Ah, okay, okay. So good. A lot. A uh, couple of people said to me, "You're going to be really confused by that." I'm not confused at all yeah. by it. I mean, obviously, I'm not. I can't recite the theory of relativity, yeah. but. Yeah. Um, I was just skeptical about some of the the kind of facts and, and stuff in it, so that's brilliant that I've heard that now. Yep. Um, oh, you know, the concept is 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 good. I see yep. I see a great concept. 
I also, again, I see great talent and the visual effects. Yeah, brilliant. Man. Yeah. Because you know that, that, that'll bring it down for me pretty yeah, badly. Pull, pull you out of it. Eh? Everything, good, everything yeah. from zero gravity to just generally the kind of space shots, yep. um, the landscape on another planet, things like that. I was very impressed by. So fantastic. Yeah. So how are you tweeting this one out? Uh, I think this one is, uh, you know, if space exploration tickles your fancy, then Interstellar's uh, ticking boxes. Yeah, it's, it was. Mate, it's a great. I think, and this was the sort of movie which naturally I saw it at the movies. Really, the cinema <laughs> cinematically, this is really good. Yeah, like the music, the effects, the just the whole visual eye candy of yep. it all is really nice. The Christopher Nolan also loves to do sort of these set pieces that the music sort of corresponds with the action. And there's a scene that I'll talk to you about where the See, music sort of counts. Isn't it weird? Um, and again, there's two things about what I'm about to say. One yeah. is I'm not as dedicated as you. And secondly, on my first watch, I'm rarely noticing things like music. I notice yes. it in the background, but I'm not That's noticing good. those kind of moments that it's you know, synchronised and all that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, yes. Um, but, I, but I accept that it was But this is, this is a classical, I think this is a classic rewatchable movie. Because there's so like I reckon you you said you watched it first time and you got it, mm. but the second viewing, third, and so on, there's so much that pops up and you're thinking, oh wow, yeah, okay, okay. it sort of becomes even clearer and and you notice things. And look, I'll say well. from the get go, yeah. even though we've passed the last exit, this is a family movie. Yeah, um, yep. there's I, no, it's long. No, there's no swearing in it. There's Very no, long. Yeah, yeah. But there was a point where Jacko walked in. On yep. me watching it, and I went, mate, don't walk in here now because I don't want you to see this because I think you should watch this movie. Yes, and my daughter was the same because she's massively into, yeah, um, of course, yeah, into space. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about the cast. A decent uh, casting call here. Matthew McConaughey plays Cooper. He was in A Time to Kill. He won a Best Actor Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. He was also in a, a really good sports movie called We Are Marshall, which we'll get to, I reckon. Anne Hathaway plays Amelia Brand. She was in Les Miserables, and she won Best Actress in that one. So you've got two yep. Oscar winners already there. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises, which was directed by Christopher Nolan. Love and Other Drugs is another one she was in. Jessica Chastain plays Murph, the older Murph. Yeah. And uh, she was in Zero She's Dark Thirty. very 30. good. Yeah, she was in Molly's Game. She won an Oscar this year for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. What? Yeah. Mo- uh, Michael Caine plays Dr. Brand. I'm just going to tell you right now, one of my favourite actors. He's a genius. So when they opened the door and Michael Caine was there, <laughs> I sat up straight. Hey, okay. Yeah, big fan. Well, he was in Dark Knight. He was in Inception. And he was in Tenet. All Christopher Nolan movies. He's been in a he's few a, more he's than a fave, that too. I know, but they're the <laughs> movies that Christopher Nolan obviously like. He's a fan and yeah. he brings him back in his movies wow. all the time. He's a two-time Oscar winner. Did you recognise Wes Bentley? It, well, I, I recognise I recognise Jamie from Yellowstone. That's who you're talking about. <laughs> That's who I'm talking about. I also recognised um, the the doctor, the young doctor. Is he is he like Topher Grace or someone? Like, yes, yes, he is. He was in the. Oh 70 my god, show. I got his name. He right. was in the seventies show. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. yeah he, he was sort of um, uh, Murph's partner. Yeah. 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 Right. But now you recognise Wes Bentley, who played Doyle. He was in American Beauty, Hunger Games, and Yellowstone. Right, uh, this is uh, you, we're going to get to the run through right now. But before we do that, we need to talk about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense. Go Hisense, big, baby! Hisense uh, have many choices for your TV. I thought I would mention one other, and the other choice is OLED. 
Hisense has a OLED 4K series, and this is the format that offers these amazing black levels. And I thought that it appropriate during talking about Interstellar. I was going to say black this, levels on, a, on an OLED really bring out that this sort movie of, uh, would really looks, pop just on really an pop OLED. on an OLED. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're getting that amazing picture quality. Every pixel is self-illuminating, so it can produce over a billion colours as well. But get this, the OLED TV, how Hisense's OLED TV has a sonic screen. So the sound system actually comes through the panel. The entire panel of the TV is your centre speaker. And you've also got Dolby Atmos as well to add to that immersive audio experience as well. And this is this, this is a movie that does have fantastic audio. And if you're a sports fan, don't worry. There's auto sports mode as well. 200 smooth motion. That allows you to watch your, your sport really smoothly. Action movies, all those fast motions really smooths it out. And if you're a gamer... OLED is perfect for gaming. There's Game Mode Pro with HDMI 2-point run, running 4K at 120 hertz. If you've got one of the latest consoles, you can do that. It's got variable refresh rates, auto low latency mode as well. There's AMD FreeSync technology built in as well. And it's all run through the VDAR-U U6 operating system, so you can really get to your content quickly and easily. If you're considering a TV, consider a Hisense. Get down to the store, stand in front of the OLED TVs, the ULED TVs, the mini LED TVs, and make your choice. It's worth checking out. You can even find out more information at hisense.com.au. Strap in. Let's go. Strap in. Good one. Good one. Well, the early part of this movie had to establish a couple of things. Yeah. The first thing it established, the first thing you see is sort of this bookshelf and this all dust. the dust everywhere. I thought right? abandoned home in the country. That was my yes. first thought. Yeah. And then you see the farmers, sort of the crops. Then you sort of cut away to McConaughey, Cooper, He's some sort of test pilot. So did you notice he was in his craft and that was like a, a flashback to his yes. what he did in the past? It was also very clearly a flashback, yeah. Yes. So you, you then see, next thing you see, he's with his daughter. The daughter's talking about, oh, he, he sort of, he, she gets started. He goes, I thought you were the ghost. Mm. And you're thinking, what the hell? He goes, were you, were, you, look, were you dreaming of the crash? There must have been something happened to him as a test pilot. Maybe yes. she mentioned something about a crash. And uh, then... There's a little bit of exposition about the blight that sort of come across Earth where crops are failing. Uh, you see then these old folks talking about what it was like in the yeah, past. Yeah, it's, it's like a, um, this yeah. is an interesting bit because... It's like a doco. Here's what I noticed about these people talking. Yeah. Um, the first one seemed to be a, a young actress made up old and the rest seemed to be just old people. Yeah. Now, I didn't rewind it to look at that, but I didn't know whether it, it ended wasn't, up being... No, it wasn't someone... Yeah, you, but you, did you, th there's a face in that early interview that you noticed right at the end, and I'll tell you who it was. Right, and yeah. so the this is weird because now you're thinking, this is like a documentary. You know, this is yeah. the way you tell stories yeah. in a documentary-style format. Did you notice that all the people talking were old? Yeah. So they're looking, they've obviously seen the what what's happened from when it was normal They remember to now. the old days. They and, remember, and, yes. know, Whatever the new days are. And this whole dust thing is quite interesting because um, it, it's very clear, like in that early bit, you think it's just a dusty bookshop. But then it's yeah. very clear there's scenes of people just constantly picking up yeah. dust. I think, is this the bit where they there talk about when they, have to have when the they set the down, table, yes. they, they have them upside down all the dust. and then turn them up and serve the That's food right. because you don't want all your... your it's yeah. a very strange thing. You think in the dust, I mean... Dust storms, we've had dust storms, but yeah. I I twigged early on that this is something to do with, you know, kind of 
You know, there's been yeah. a problem. There's been something's happened to the earth. That's where this dust is coming from. I found it really interesting that there was no uh, indication of what year it Timing, was. Timing, yes. Yeah, so it never said, you know, 20, 2097 or anything uh, like that. So I you noticed, had to, it's up to your own mind to yeah, work that out. Yeah, I noticed that later on and I thought to myself, this could be any time. Yeah. It was obviously in the future because. No, no, but it, what I'm yeah. saying is it could be set one year from yeah, now. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Or, or 50 yeah. years from yeah. now. So it was like a commentary on how, look, earth is failing. Humans are struggling. Yes. And that was kind of established early on. Yeah. Uh, the next, uh, we, we see there's a breakfast scene and the young Murph, um, her toy lander, he says, what have you done to this? Yeah. And she said, oh, it was the ghost. So the, you're hearing about this ghost. Yep. And uh, she said, she apparently looked it up. She goes, it's actually, the correct term is poltergeist. poltergeist. So there's also about a bit that. of doubt in the household at this point, yeah. you know, whether she's, she's full of nonsense. The dad isn't really buying into that. He's, yeah. he's like, yeah, it's a ghost. I like how he says to her, he goes, you know what you do? You get the facts and you present your conclusions. And so that really set set the tone for her and yeah. her career her moving forward. Yeah. Uh, outside though, the you can tell that the there's a whole there's a big the, you see the farm and the crops outside. You see all the dust everywhere around the house, like it's piled up against the house. Um, he's off taking his uh, his kids to school. Did you find this really interesting? Where the daughter's changing the gears to the car? I think okay, this is uh, they're on their way to school. They blow a tire. And then did this did this really startle you when the drone flew over the top? Yeah, yeah. You're thinking, what the hell? What, thinking, I, what is I'm, this? Now I'm thinking, okay. So my thought my thought here is this is one of those kind of survival movies where there's been a you know takeover of a country basically. Uh, yeah. You know, so you've got a military involved, um, and you've got these people who are basically hidden from the military and living self sufficiently. Yeah. And so when he you know, they're trying to change a tire, and he's like, right, go go go, and the kid's like, dude, what about the tire? <laughs> And see, that was the moment where I went, mate, you're under attack. And I went, yeah. well, maybe he's not under attack because the kid's not anxious. Nah. The kid just wants to change the tire. The dad is trying to run away, but actually he's trying to chase, chase the it. drone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they've got their laptop out and actually the, the drone, I think, crashes near the edge of the lake and they go and he he, he puts it on the back well, of the so truck. So what I, what I took from that was yeah. that the daughter, uh, Murph, was holding a uh, like a, a radio wave, radio frequency yeah. projector. And there was a... And he was, was, a, he was uh, hacking into the drone's control, essentially. Yeah. So he was able to essentially tell the drone what to do, control the drone with the laptop, and then they kind of gently they, gently yeah. landed it so they, so they could go it. and get it. Yeah, yeah right. Hijacked. Yeah, that'd be the best way no, to put it. No, no, just a little <laughs> reminder too. The young boy in this scene is a young Timothy Chalamet who was in June. He's a real big star now. He's, he oh, was only okay. quite young. So right. you'll notice he's, he, he sort of, he was in uh, Call Me By Your Name, June. He's a massive star now, but this right. was one of his early roles. Okay. But yeah, they, they hijacked the drone. They, uh, I like how he just chucks it on the back of the truck. And then don't forget, he, he was reminded he had his parent-teacher interviews. Yes. So he hops, he hops into the school. Um, the teachers notice the drone. And um, he gets talking about his son's, uh, his high school scores and whether he's going to go to yeah, university, college. to college. Now, and you know, he, he was sort of talking about how, you know, how can, how can you decide that now? You know, do we need engineers? Do we need farmers? Okay, well, right now... We don't need more engineers. We didn't run out of television screens and planes. We ran out of food. The world needs farmers, good farmers like you. So that, that Which is a really big establishment yeah. at that yeah. point because you're like, okay, wow, mm. this is now serious. Because essentially, in a you know, parent-teacher interview like that, you'd be like, he's got a low grade point average. Yeah. We need to lift his grades. But they're like, dude, yeah. just make him be a farmer. We don't need an engineer. We need yeah. them. 
Well, which, he will, well, that's a, a, the path that obviously McConaughey took because he was a he was a we find out he was yeah. a former NASA test pilot. I, now I, he's a farmer. I thought the great line was you know um, what, what size you know shirt you wear. That's later, yeah. Neck, neck that, size and everything. That's later. We'll do that to our best uh, our best quotes. But here's the bit that fascinated me. So look, what about your daughter? And they said, look, she's having a bit of clashes with students and oh, you know, arguing yeah. about various things. And we find that they've uh, they've changed the facts a little bit. Murph is a great kid. She's really bright, but she's been having a little trouble lately. She brought this in to show the other students the section on the lunar landings. Yeah, that's one of my old textbooks. She always loved the pictures. It's an old federal textbook. We've replaced them with the corrected versions. Corrected? Explaining how the Apollo missions were fake to bankrupt the Soviet Union. So, mate, at this point, I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell have yeah. you gotten me into? Well, the movie, okay. the reason the movie does that, and this, this is you t- implied by that, is that they, they wanted people that. So don't forget, this, this is probably a hundred years after the moon landing. Of we're course, talking about, yeah. right? So they, they, the movie says that the moon landings were faked by the government, and it was the the movie uses that as a as a tool to for the population to. Limit their aspirations. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So they don't want like just they, like they before. Don't want people, we don't want him to be an engineer. We want to be a farmer. My yeah. daughter wants to be an astronaut. I bet. Legit. Of course, right? I know that. Yeah, that's I know what that. she wants to yep, do. And yep. so this is that's the point is if you take that out of the textbooks, yep. it becomes less inspirational. But it's, it's this is this is the point of the movie where I'm like Stephen, <laughs> mate, this, what have you got me into? <laughs> this thing's not even ten minutes in. What are you doing? Well, you know what? It's funny how. You know, there's been real life conspiracy theories. About of this, course, right? yeah, yeah. Now, the the theory was that Stanley Kubrick, very famous director, remember yes. he directed 2001: A Space Odyssey, right. one of the classic science fiction movies. They the the theory was that he directed the TV footage of the landings using leftover props from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh. Space Odyssey came out in '68. Moon landing was 69. Right. So that, that's one of the very popular, and that was the inspiration behind that little factoid in that in the movie right. for them to just to plant the seed even further. Uh, but they go on to, we, we do find out that, you know, how they said, look, your textbooks were corrected to obviously quell people's ambitions to go into space. But also, he said, look, that means there was also no more MRIs that would have detected his wife's brain tumor. Yes. So we know that he's a widower. Uh, and we're all, we also, also know that they're yeah. now technology limited. Right. If there's no MRIs, yes. then we we've rewound society to a you know by by decades. Yeah. Right. That's that's the what's presented by this little scene. Amazing how one little scene yeah. gives you a sense that they're a long way in the future. Yeah. But they've rewound their and establishes the, the what's happened of, in society as well. Yes. Uh, he gets a call. Remember about the interference with the auto harvesters. Remember yes. he goes back and does that. But he, they hear a noise upstairs. Remember when they get home? Yeah. And the they see books are on the floor, and and Murph saying, "Look, the ghost is trying the to communicate." The uh, and then he says, "Look, uh, they said I think that the his dad says how how the meetings go. It's actually his wife's father, the John Lithgow character, right? And he goes, uh, they didn't go too well, and and they're, they're sort of spec talking about how, you know, we're we're not caretakers. We're meant to be explorers. You know, we're." We're used to looking up at the stars and wondering about our place in the universe. Yeah. But, you know, we were good at things now. Now it's just a matter of survival. Um, again, more of the old people's interviews recalling those times of the past, talking about how things used to be. Mm-hmm. Then they're at the baseball. Now, yeah, man. this was 
And this was a f- this was sort of something that took a couple of watches for me to realise that we're watching the New York Yankees. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere, we don't know where they are. By the way, no, yeah, that's yeah. right. So they're, they must they're be in near, a cornfield. They, yeah, they are. Like but the they field of dreams must be near New York State New York, or that's in New true, York right. State. So yes. they must be near yeah, that part. Yeah. Like, why would the Yankees go there either way? Yes. Um, but but this there's, is, there's talk here about them just being, you know, knockabouts. They're not. <laughs> they're not the real thing. Yeah. So I, I love the line where uh, the John Lithgow, the, the the grandfather, mentions how things were in his day. In my day, we had real ball players. <laughs> Who are these bums? Yeah, well, in my day, people were too busy fighting over food to even play baseball. Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. <laughs> I want a hot dog. <laughs> so so we, again, that, that establishes there's no hot dogs. Well, but also, too, yeah, exactly. But also establishes, too, his age. So the speculation is that Donald, the John Lithgow character, he's supposed to be a millennial. So in uh, my day, right, he was talking okay. about real ball players and that. So... Yeah. The timeline would be that he'd he'd be what in his seventies. Yeah. So this would be if he was born as a if he's a millennial, he was born either early two thousands or or late nineteen hundreds. So yeah. you're talking to twenty seventy. We're probably yeah, talking somewhere about there. That, that yeah. kind of establishes. But we're also where we're showing the, yeah. the McConaughey said they were, they were just fighting over food and yeah. So the the corn thing here, it, it actually this is I think something you'd notice more on the rewatch is how often they talk about and show the corn. Yes. Because it's clear that corn that's the last pretty much surviving crop. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But then the dust, remember the dust Pop-corn storm alarm? baseball. Yeah. The dust storm alarm yes. pe- peaks up. They drive home wearing goggles and masks. That's pretty serious. I don't know how they drive home in that, but anyway, go on. Well, yeah. Well, by the time they get home, though, it's like, you know, whenever you leave the windows open when it's raining, yes. you think, ah, oh, damn, you've left the windows open. Yeah. When they get home, they've left the windows open. There's like a pile, a of, pile dust, of dust, a pile everywhere. of dirt in yeah. the house. Um, and But they noticed, did you notice that when they were closing the windows up in that bedroom, that the dust were in lines. Yeah. Now you're thinking, what the hell is this? That's and very so strange. They're, so they're wondering, like, he even, like, so, so Murph it's gone from being Cooper. books flipping on the floor, yeah. but now you've got Murph and Cooper. There's lines. Basically, Cooper at this point is yeah. now going, wait a minute, what Hang is this? Hang on a second, yeah. yeah. So they, I think memory gets a coin and it drops in a certain line. Yeah. And he goes, look, it's not a ghost, it's gravity. So they're trying to work it out, and and they and they look at it, and they, they come up with a set of coordinates. They're thinking. So they realize he realizes it's binary. It's it's yeah. not. She thinks it's Morse code. He works out it's binary. So yeah. they're working. It's a lovely moment because they're working together yeah. to solve this problem. It's coordinates. They get out a map, and they get in the car. They get in the truck, and they he's getting ready to go. I love how she snuck into the truck and pops up out of the blanket. So um, they come to a set of gates, and you're thinking, what the hell? Where are they going? Yeah. Then the light, I think he's up near the gate, and the light pops up, and it's it's like they're it's like they've come across a secret military. It's like Area Fifty One. Yeah, know? it's like I'm thinking, full yeah, on. what is this place? So they end up going inside. They're taken in there, but then when they're in the facility, I think they're separated. So Murph's in a room, and and he's off on his own, and they're asking him, "How did you find this place?" Um, he, there was a machine, like, you know, the, one of the one of the tars, the one of the machines was talking to him. Yeah, it was which, very which I like how the machines, the robots in this have got normal speaking voices. Normal speaking yeah. voices, but look nothing like any other no, robot you've yeah, ever. Exactly. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. that's a really fascinating well, part of this. They were actually physical. That they were actually working units. So then when they were walking, they were actually doing that on their own. That wasn't an effect. Yeah, right. They were actually working models. Yeah. Jesus. He was. Uh, he meets Doctor Brand, uh, and they talk about look. Um, how do you know? You, how did don't you didn't you know about this place? And then he's taken he, into he's, a boardroom. But he room. says he says to her, "I used to know a Dr. Brand. I I, I studied uh, with him, uh, Professor Brand." Well, it turns out, that, and it's uh, that that's point where guy. she opens yeah. the door, and there he is. So they've he's, they've taken him into this boardroom. He sees his daughter, 
and they keep asking him, look, how did you find this place? How did, how did you stumble across this? Uh, we, we, we learned these coordinates from an anomaly. What sort of anomaly? I hesitate to term it supernatural, but it definitely wasn't scientific. <laughs> You're going to have to be specific, Mr. Cooper, right now. It was gravity. Um, well, what sort of gravitational no, anomaly? Where uh, was this? Hey. No, I'm real happy as you're excited about gravity, bud, but <laughs> you're not getting any answers from us until I get assurances. Assurances? Yeah. Like that we're getting out of here, and I don't mean in the trunk of some car. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know who we are, Coop? No, Professor, I don't. You know, my father, Professor Brand. We're NASA. NASA? NASA. The same NASA you flew for. There it is. Boom. So we, we quickly find out, though, why they were shut down. So there's a lot of speculation on his part. I heard they shut you down, sir, for refusing to drop bombs from the stratosphere on the starving people. Well, when they realised that killing other people was not a long-term solution, then they needed us back in secret. Why secret? Because public opinion wouldn't allow spending on space exploration. Not when you're struggling to put food on the table. True that, isn't it? Like, no, no, no. The, and it, well, yeah. it's, it's it's an issue in yeah. just yeah. in reality today. That people question yep. space spending, and so imagine in a world where people are struggling to get food other than corn, dusts everywhere. Yeah. We don't want the government spending on bloody rocket ships. Of course you know? not. Of course not. But the, the, again, this was a really uh, scene full of information exposition about Earth's atmosphere is getting less and less oxygen. Yeah. And that's a resulting in the crops not working. They talk about corn uh, is left, but it'll die soon. The daughter's gener his daughter's generation being the last to survive, yeah. and then they talk also. He he tells him about the Lazarus mission. We're not meant to save the world. We're meant to leave it. Rangers, the last components of our one versatile ship in orbit, the Endurance, our final expedition. You sent. People out there looking for a new home? The Lazarus missions. Well, that sounds cheerful. Lazarus came back from the dead. Sure, but he had to die in the first place. <laughs> There's not a planet in our solar system that could sustain life in the nearest stars over a thousand years away. I mean, that doesn't even qualify as futile. Where'd you send him? Cooper, I can't tell you any more unless you agree to pilot this craft. You're the best pilot we ever had. Barely left the stratosphere. This team never left the simulator. We need a pilot, and this is the mission that you were trained for. Oh, without even knowing it? An hour ago, you didn't even know I was alive. I mean, you, you, you were going anyway. We had no choice. But something sent you here. They chose you. Well, who's they? That's See, the question we when this first, yeah. When this moment who's first they? started, I'm thinking, right, so they've actually, this guy was his professor. I don't know why he didn't just knock on his door, but he's the one that was sending these signals to get him to come there. But at this moment, you realise he, yeah. he's not. He well, I kept asking, day. how did you find us? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's like a little, the whole circumstance the, of, of the how he was directed strange. there. Well, the next scene is a really good, like the present the presentation of what's going to happen, and they discuss how they discovered an anomaly near Saturn, a disturbance of space time. Now. Right. The wormhole is what they've, they're talking about. And it was it's funny how the wormhole was placed near Saturn. That's a reference to 2001, A Space Odyssey. 
where there's a wormhole near Saturn. Yes, right. Stanley Kubrick originally planned for part of that movie to take place on Saturn, but the the visual effects at the time, the technology didn't allow him to do that. They couldn't make the rings of Saturn look any different. To, they couldn't make the uh, the effect look of, look any good, so they decided to make it Jupiter instead. Oh, rather, really? Rather than Saturn, yeah. So, yeah. But they they we we find out that the wormhole wow. appeared forty eight years ago. It leads to another galaxy. It's not naturally occurring. Someone put it there. So we don't know who. It's they. Someone put it there. We don't know who. And put you it think there. so? You thinking who the what yeah. the what is going on yeah. here? And you actually so it, what I find fascinating about this part of the movie is it makes you it puts you very deep in Coop's mind. Yeah. Like I just all I was 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 Matthew McConaughey just dealing thinking, with it all. Yeah, wait, yeah. so you you didn't do this, and yeah. you want to go there. And you don't know what's on the other. Like yeah. it's, it really challenges you to think yeah. remember, like him. Remember, he said, "Oh, the nearest stars, thousands of years, thousands of years away." Yeah. But this actually, they're saying, "Look, it's put habitable worlds within our reach." Because there's, you go through the wormhole, yeah. and then we find that people have already gone through the wormhole. Twelve right. world, possible worlds, twelve different missions. Three of them are still contacting them. Remember, they said three of us were still getting no, talking about like three. a thumbs up. They're, all they yeah. can do is rudimentary yeses and noes, basically. So, thumbs yeah. up, thumbs so down. So they can assess and send a signal, and you know, obviously, take some time to get there. So there's like a hibernation, like a, a, a hypersleep sort of thing. Um, they, they said there's one system that they're hearing from with three potential worlds. So next thing we know, they're getting the launch. They're walking in the launch chamber, and he's. He's also looking as you take a close look at the launch chamber, and he says, "Yeah, it's a centrifuge. They're trying to use gravity to take off rather than just the sheer power of the thing." And mm. you find out here how they're working on the gravity equation, how they can work out this how to get over gravity. This old professor has been working yeah. on an equation to essentially solve gravity, yeah. um, seemingly for his whole career, but certainly for the time that he's been at this facility. We also get a glimpse of their colonization. Uh, goals here with mm. all the hundreds of frozen embryos and they find a new world and the, the people that are on the mission can then you know yep. populate the new world uh, but it, when he's when he's back home though um, his daughter's upset that he might he's going away like naturally she's they're obviously very close and he goes look if you're if you're leaving we'll just go and he goes look oh, this is what I was born to do I think we have to do this mm. Um we would, if we don't do something now, we, if we do nothing, nothing, we won't. No one will be saved. Um, the world, he's explained. Look, the world's been telling us for a long time that we've got to go. We can't. If we stay here, we're not going to survive. Yeah, literally. So that's kind of the, the writing on the wall. We've now seen the NASA working on corn and yeah. trying. Like we're literally at the point where the greatest minds on the planet are trying to deal with how to survive in terms of food. So it's definitely an exit strategy. And you've basically resolved at this point in the movie to go. Earth's doomed. Exactly right. But I like how Murph was working on the, remember the stuff from the bookshelf and the yeah. dust and all that? She was working on it and she worked out what it said. I figured out the message. One word. You know what it is? Stay. It says stay, Dad. You don't believe me. Look at the books. Look at this. It says stay. Why? You're not listening. It says stay. Coming back. Man, that this, was heartbreaking. It, the the this is what's so fascinating about this movie. I think is the best word I could use. Is there's obviously you know an intense storyline, mm. scientific, etc. 
But, man, it just hits you in the feels. Yeah. The Murph-Coop relationship. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm an overly emotional human when it comes to watching anything. A father-daughter thing, A father-daughter thing really kicks you. Uh, I picked that. Yeah. Yeah. I picked that for you. Yeah. Thanks. I love how she gives – he gives her a watch and explains that uh, time's going to be different. When I'm up there in hypersleep or or traveling near the speed of light or near a black hole. Time's going to change for me. It's going to run more slowly. Now, when we get back, we're going to compare. Time will run differently for us? Yeah. Maybe by the time I get back, we we might even be the same age. You and me. What? Imagine that. Ah, Murph. You have no idea when you're coming back. No idea. Oh! She throws the watch. Oh, don't, don't, man, don't make me leave like this. Come on, Murph. Don't make me leave like this, Murph. That was hard to watch. Man, that's powerful. And did you notice? Because, in, in because that, he had her. Like if this was yeah, fishing, he yeah, had her. She was on yeah, the hook, not just on the hook, reeled yeah. in, lifted out of the water, and then she's like, "Wait, she threw, you don't know you don't when, when you're, you're coming, coming back." back? Yeah. And that was the that was the killer. And you notice too during this scene. More books dropped off the shelf. Yes. Right? So you're thinking, what's going on here? Yeah, this is where you realise there's definitely a ghost. Like, yeah. there's definitely, like, she's not, because obviously a kid goes, all that kind of rubbish is, is, is yeah. challenging, right? But he's seen the whole gravity thing, and there's clearly a force. Yeah. And, and it was, I love the shot here where you see the cameras on, on, on Cooper. And he's driving away and crying his eyes out, leaving, thinking, well, that, that was, yeah. he, he had to go. And Murph, he left. They weren't on the best of terms when he left, and that's really hit him. I'll tell you what I love most about because this is the scene. He's just left. It all happened very fast, by the yeah, way. Yeah. You don't really get a sense of how long yeah. all that happened. But let's just give it a few days. But anyway, he's he's left his family, and what's cool is they're about to take off to go to space, right? Yep. You could script in a whole thing where he suits up, belts up, da 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 da, walks up to the shuttle, whatever, you know, all yep. that stuff, right? But what they do is they use a camera on the side of the truck yeah. and the dust from the truck behind it at the same time as the audio is a rocket taking off. Yeah. So what I got from that was Segway, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. a rocket taking off. His, his, his driving was was the visual. The the dust behind you yeah. know, from the dirt road like was, the rocket. was yeah. the rocket you know, yeah, smoke. Was it was very well done. I liked how, yeah, well, they didn't stuff around. They said, right, we're no, into it. And we're then, into it, yeah. That's it. You see the rocket take off. And, and I think uh, – so there's – uh, I, I think this is one of the moments. I, th- I believe there was two or three of them that I noticed. But yep. uh, and I looked; it was thirty minutes in when this right. happened, okay. and there was basically these. There was this two-hour plus movie. Yep. It was basically divided. The stages, quite, yes, yeah, quite structurally yeah, right. yeah, very right. well divided. No, that the story establishes that for sure. But you see them coming up on endurance. You know, they remember they talked earlier about the little space yep. station up in orbit. So they dock with it. They lock in. They go into the space station. They start up the rotation. So there's gravity. Yeah, um, they realise too. They call back to Earth. They says, right, it's two years to Saturn, so we're going to be. It'll take us fourteen months to get to Mars, and we hook around here, and it's nothing. So they're getting ready for the long sleep. And before oh, they yeah. do that, you hear uh, Doctor Brand uh, sort of quoting Dylan Thomas for their before they do their long nap. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage, 
against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end, no dark is right, because their words had fought no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's pretty cool. Then they go into hibernation. You notice how they're these pods. Man, that is something of, I would never do. Yeah, they sort of go in and they in a, get in, a water then they chamber. get zipped up underwater yeah. or something. But Dude, get, get this right: the hypersleep chambers that we saw. Apparently, the astronauts go into a cold liquid, so it they're covered in blankets or thermal blankets. And the science, right? I was just going to say, can you tell me about the science? It's a here? practical way to do it. So, a state of hibernation can be achieved by a human body. It's like going into hypothermia. So it's like it's like um, you go into a, a yeah. I'm just what, what's the what's the term where they they, they freeze you? What's that, that term? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so it's, it's Cry- like no. cryogenic. Yeah, cryogenic. So, so they, yeah. they they get your body temperature to such a point so low that it it can you can like hibernate because you animals that do hibernate they do it in the winter months when it's mm. very cold. Right? Yeah. So the technology is being used to treat brain damage and propose as a as a way of keeping people with severe injuries alive after accidents and stuff like that. So right. um, they talk about this being the loneliest journey in human history. They re- he records a message for the kids. Remember before he what he calls his long nap. Um, but then Doctor Brand comes to the farm. Remember, there's a little snippet mm. of him delivers a message. Delivers He's got to bring message. the car back. Yeah, exactly for Tom for his son. And he delivers the message that he sent him from yep. there. Um, fast forward two years now. Mm-hmm. They've arrived near Saturn. And I love how he catches up on the messages from his kids. Administration, they want me to repeat plant pathology. That's his son. Sucks. But they said I can start advanced agriculture a year early. So, all right. got to go, Dad. Hope you're safe up there. I'm sorry, Coop. I asked Murph to say hi, but she's as stubborn as her old man. Hmm. I'll try again next time. Oh, that was heartbreaking. There's still yeah, no no chat between them. So we find out they're coming up on the wormhole, mm-hmm. and they have to stop the uh, endurance from spinning around. So it has to be stationary. Uh, they the next part of it. Was the and I, I like the explanation too. Remember where the guy explains how the wormhole works? Remember mm. he had the piece of paper with two X's. Oh mate, that was one of the yeah, best bits. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know what a wormhole yeah. was. So that's how it's connected. That's yeah. so cool. That was really smart because because what happened there was it didn't just it, it explained the graphics as well as the theory. Yeah. Because the graphic was clearly not just a circle; it was a sphere. It was a sphere. That's and right. So how do you how do you represent a hole in three dimensions? It's a sphere. Yeah. And, so then he, and then he had the, the piece of paper and the pen that, that joins them together. You fold the paper together. Yep. That's what brings the points together. Very, very cool. So now the next part of it was them entering the wormhole. Mm. Now, do you notice when they were doing that, when a, a brand was sitting down, there was a distortion in the top right-hand yeah, corner. Yeah, and she was and touching And she reached out yeah, to yeah, touch yeah. it. They didn't know what the hell that was, right? No. They got through the wormhole and they said, right, well, here we are. We're, they get through the wormhole. They discover, though, that nearby one of the planets that they want to visit, it's near a massive black hole that they call they called Gargantua. Is that the right? The big, the big black yes. hole. Now, the black hole, remember how I told you the scientific accuracy of this movie? 
was so scientifically accurate, it took uh, about 100 hours to render each frame in the physics and virtual FX engine. Right. Now, it means every second on screen took about 100 days to render that final view of the black hole. But get this. This was in 2014, right? And it, the, the black hole was represented with a dark black hole and then like a line going across it. They discovered the, the first photo of a black hole was taken on April the 10th, 2019, and looked exactly like what they rendered out of their theory in the movie. If you look wow. back at the movie and compare that first picture in 2019, it's like they're, they're looking at the same thing. That's how accurate their rendering of the black hole was. Because the first photo was until 2019, the first official photo of a black hole. Wow. We discover, too, that they're heading towards Miller's planet. Now, this is a planet that is on the edge of the black hole. Mm. And they says that, right, This think of time here. Here's where time plays a trick on us because yeah. the planet is so close to the black hole that time spent on that planet is seven ye- years on Earth. So every yeah. hour is seven years on Earth. And this is where you start to, you need to start thinking in this movie. You've yeah. got to go, okay, so... Yeah, it's a bit of a brain well, twist well, here. Okay, yeah. so if we're going to go in here, we're going to use lose decades of our life, which is really cool because that's where, yeah. you know, Coop comes up with a bold plan yeah. which could he save says, look, them some time. Think think of time as a resource, but they, they, they sort of make a plan on how they can get there with not costing them less as, as less time as possible. What if we... We take a wider orbit around Gargantua, parallel with Miller's planet, outside of this time shift to here. And we take the Ranger down, we get Miller, we get her samples, we come back, we analyze, we debrief, we're in, we're out, we lose a little fuel, but we save a whole lot of time. That'll work. That's good. There's not going to be time for monkey business or chit-chat down there. So, Tars, you should definitely stay here. Case, you're with me. Anyone else can stay. If we're talking about a couple of years... I could use the time to research gravity. Observations from the wormhole. So, you know, the guy... Which is genius, right? So he said, look, because the, that little trip that's going to be... For the that's, guy who stays back, it's two years. Yes. Right? So they're going down to the planet. He says, I'm going to stay back and research gravity yeah. in the He's, time. Can you... Just for a minute, <laughs> just think to yourself, okay, so there's three of us in the room. Yep. You two are going to duck outside for yep. what you think is 30 minutes, and I'm going to be stuck here for three and a half years. Yeah. That's... It's crazy. Absolutely like mind-bending stuff. So they're heading to Miller's planet, is what we call it. Yep. They're heading for water. Did you notice there was just water everywhere? Yeah, as soon as they, they dropped through the clouds, it was just yeah, water. It's just water, and then you you find out that but it's they're quite heading for shallow. a beacon, right? They're yeah, heading for that's a, right. the for Miller's beacon. Direct, the, well, there was dark, yeah, there was a beacon. And that's where they were homing in and, on. And to be yeah. clear, for some time now, they've been getting these signals yeah. from Miller. That's right. So they've got no reason not to believe. Yeah. They want to get the, they want to find Miller and also the data as well. So they land and don't forget seven years per hour. Okay. Now, did you notice here when the crew landed on the planet and the score comes up and then the music plays softly, but you hear a tick every one and a half seconds? Did you notice that? I did hear it, yeah. Because the time, because of the gargantuas dilating time, every tick represents one day on Earth. Right. So every tick, 1.25 seconds, that's another day on Earth. Another day, another day. So wow. seven seconds was a week. So that's why that was those little... Those you ticks. listen back to it, you'll hear those I heard ticks, the ticks yeah, deliberately. So they, they do find, though, that they're getting a signal. They're wondering, where is the signal coming from? Wreckage. 
Where's the rest? Where's the mountains? Those aren't mountains. They're waves. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, that was moving away from us. You can hear the ticking. Yeah. We need the recorder. Brand Doyle, back to the Ranger now. We're not leaving without her data. Get back here now. No, we do not have time. The second wave is coming. We're in the middle of a swell. I got it. Get your ass back to the ranger now. See, so we, what we, I was thinking, come on, I'm just up. thinking they were being <laughs> slack, like take, oh, taking their sweet on. time, right? Well, that's why they went there. They needed the data. They needed it. Yeah, that's why they so, went there. You know, she's desperate for the data. What yeah. she thinks is research data yeah. that Miller's created from this time on the planet. But then they get back to the ship. You lose one of them. Doyle, old Jamie. Doyle, uh, yeah. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie thrown Dutton, overboard. See you later. But then, no, but then they get over the wave. Yep. They come back over the other side, and the engine's flooded. They're sitting there They're waiting sitting there. to get to take off. So, meanwhile, time's and, ticking and away. Again, the, I think what it, the, the robot tells him, you know, it's only going to be minutes. But I, I like, too, how the – remember, Case was the robot, and they, they raced, he goes, he raced towards where uh, Brand was, yeah. picked her up and raced her back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that saved a bit of time. But poor old Doyle gets hammered. He's presumed drowned by, after being struck by the yep. wave, the big wave. Yeah. So, um, but did you notice when they took off, you could see his body? See his he body. Sort of still was intact, so – that means they could have um, – he might have survived the impact and he might have just been unconscious. Was he dead? Was he unconscious? That's the thing that we're thinking of. Could no, they... I'm just thinking, good luck, mate. You're dead. Yeah, you well, get back in time. Because of the time dilation, do they go back and what do they do? It was a tough decision. So they decided no, – Get out. We're out. And it's, yeah. it's not long that they realise that yeah. she, she hadn't been there for years at all. Yeah. Well, they return to the station and when they get back, it's, uh, it's pretty stunning. I've waited years. How many years? By now it must be. It's 23 years, four months, eight days. <laughs> did that just. Did that, <laughs> try to comprehend that. They were gone for 23 Old years. Oh, mate's got a graying beard. Yeah. And, you know. Like the. When they came back, right, you found out 23 years, four months, eight days. That means the mission on the planet took. Three hours and 17 minutes, based on the theory that one hour yeah. equals seven years. Yeah. So imagine and, that. And, and this is where they realised that she, and, in, she, in fact, wasn't collecting data. She wasn't emitting back to, back to home. She was basically sending warning, like, don't cut, like, yeah. freaking out moments because she was dying. Unbelievable. It was all over Unbelievable. for her. She was probably only on the planet yeah. for an hour before the waves got her. True. But uh, we we discovered that there because they've been gone twenty three years. There's a little bank up of messages. Mm. Did you did you notice uh, when he's listening back to the family messages, the role of his son? The son's obviously twenty three yeah, years older. Yeah. That was Casey Affleck. You know, you know that actor uh, Ben Affleck's yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was played Tom. Nice. Yeah. Um, he we show uh, his kids the message was our oh, grandpa died last week. You know, twenty three years later he was old when they left. So yeah. we find out when he died. 
Um, but then we see uh, Murph all grown up as well. I never made one of these. Man, you were still responding because I was so mad at you for leaving. And then when you went quiet, it seemed like I should live with that decision, and I have. But today's my birthday. And it's a special one because you told me You once told me that when you came back, we might be the same age. And today I'm the age you were when you left. This <laughs> might be a real good time for you to come back. Wow, man, that was that was tough. tough. Yeah, because we see Murph though working. She's obviously working on the gravity problem. Right. She's apparently solved the equation about the assumption of time. Back on the station, they're thinking about the trying to decide on the best prospects. Do they go to Man's Planet? Do they go to Edmund's Planet? Yeah. And interesting little discussion about how and the information they need to know before making this decision. You once said that Dr. Man was the best of us. He's remarkable. We're only here because of him. And yet, yet here he is. He's on the ground. And he's sending a very unambiguous message telling us to come to his planet. Granted, but Edmund's data is more promising. We should vote. Well, if we're going to vote, there's something you should know. Brand, he has a right to know. That has nothing to do with it. What does? She's in love with Wolf Edmonds. Is that true? Yes. So, would you? How would you feel if you're on this crew and she, her decision, like she's talking about his data, it's more promising. You find out she's in love with the bloke. Would you? How would that affect your vote on where you want to go? I'd be voting against because you know, some, at some point we've got to populate the planet. <laughs> so you'd be voting against going to the place where she's where in her love with the bloke. Is, yeah. right, okay. <laughs> I'm more of a chance yeah, on another okay. planet. <laughs> But, I, but her explanation, like she admits she's in love with him. She, no, says, she says yes. But this explanation yes. is brilliant scripting beyond doubt. Love isn't something we invented. It's observable, powerful. It has to mean something. Love has meaning, yes. Social utility, social bonding, child rearing. We love people who have died. Where's the social utility in that? None. Maybe it means something more, something we can't yet understand. Maybe it's some evidence, some artifact of a higher dimension that we can't consciously perceive. I'm drawn across the universe to someone I haven't seen in a decade who I know is probably dead. Love is the one thing we're capable of perceiving that transcends dimensions of time and space. So true. Comes back really uh, later on, that yes. whole theme, doesn't Absolutely, it? But yeah. um, it is. Uh, it was an interesting theory that you put forward there. We see that there's a bit of passage of time here. The farm is uh, ablaze. The, the crops are burning yeah. and the room is how, how they left it. Kids are co- kids. I like how Murph comes back to the house, realise the kid, the her brother's children are coughing and she realised he might have a lung problem. Well. He's, yeah, he's only got one kid now. Yeah, doesn't he? his son. Yeah, there's there'd been another one, Jesse, that had died. Yes, 
and then Coop, which I didn't I didn't get that until about an hour or a bit yeah. later. But it was in I think it was in the video message, but it didn't really come across very well yeah. that, that Jesse had died. But anyway. But there, well, there's obviously a health problem. Imagine yes. living in a dusty, you know, people that have got allergies and stuff at the best of times. Yeah. Imagine it'd be this. like putting someone yeah. in like who has hay fever at Floriard. I mean, exactly. come on, <laughs> yes, so right. Back on the station, there, the the choice is look, you know, I think they're they're realizing that we're not going to see be see our children again. It's be, it's between seeing the children again and saving the human race. Yeah. Back on Earth, though, we see that Professor Brand is dying and. I think uh, we see Murph, sort of he's on his deathbed and he uh, has a chat. I lied, Murph. I lied to you. There, there was no need for him to come back. There was no way to help us. But Penny, all this, all these people in the equation. Did my father know? Did he leave me? So did that? Did you? Did it was you a grasp bit tough that? to did understand because yeah. he acted it so well as a yes. dying man. But essentially, what I heard was there was no need. He was never going to come back. Yeah, was what he said. He basically so it was, said it was, was a. It was just a one way. There was trip. no need for yeah. A, a, yeah. any theory about getting out there because yeah. this is a one way trip to populate another planet. And move yeah, on. he was never going to come back. And and she's left because he dies in front of her. She's left wondering: Did her did, dad already yeah. know that? Did he literally leave her, or did he believe he was coming back? Man, that's full on. That's tough. Um, they're approaching man's planet, uh, a frozen planet. Uh, they land. They're searching for him. They locate his ship. Did you like this bit when they enter, right? They see the hibernation pod. Yeah. And they wake him up. Yeah. And lo and behold, oh. who the hell is man? I'm thinking, what <laughs> is this on Mars? So you did you recognise who that yeah. was? Yeah. You recognised it was Matt Damon? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Matt Damon. No, so all I, I didn't Google it because I didn't want to ruin anything in my life. But yeah. I'm thinking, was this before or after Martian? It was after. What? No, no, it was actually, no, it was before, I think. Martian was later. I'll tell you in a second. But he was not included in the promotion of the movie. He didn't want to be, his name was not mentioned, and he didn't want to go to any of the premieres. He wanted to leave the fact that he was in it a secret. Wow. So uh, he he said in sure, an article. Sure, it got out. He said in an article in Variety that they, when he, his name was associated, he said, look, he's got an unspecified role which was kept secret until the release of the movie, would you believe? No. Nice. So he managed to do that. But I thought this was a really touching scene, though, when he finally wakes up. Pray you never learn just how good it can be to see another face. I hadn't a lot of hope to begin with, but after so long, I had none. My supplies were completely exhausted. The last time I went to sleep, I didn't even set a waking date. So he, he was sort of, he was setting, now did this, did this trigger an alarm for you? Because he was sending all the information that everything was hunky-dory. Yeah. Then when they get there, they're thinking, oh, he did, he was supplies running out. He, he didn't even set a, a, an no. alert, a date. On his, you know, the the hypersleep. No, he just. So they woke him up. Yeah. Right? So, 
you're thinking, okay, well, why would you be telling everything's hunky-dory when it's not? Well, no. I, no hold no. hold that point, thought. At this point, uh, yeah. a first-time viewer with no concept is okay. just going, no, he was just he, – he'd run. They were, yeah. they were told to do hypersleeps. They were told to send yeah. yes and no's. Um, yep. As often as they could. Speaking of the hypersleeps, remember the dude had to wait 23 years? Yeah. He said in that he goes, oh, I did a couple of stints in the hypersleep. So he yeah. sort of slept for a couple of years at a time. Yeah, which is why he didn't age a full 23 yeah, so years. He, yeah. That was what as well. But we then, meanwhile, find we see the comms come in from, from Murph about Dr. Brand. Dr. Brand, I'm sorry to tell you that your father died today. He had no pain, he was at peace. I'm sorry for your loss. Is that Murph? She's... She's grown. Brand, did you know? He told you, right? You knew. This was all a sham. He left us here. To suffocate. To starve. Did my father know too? Dad? I just want to know if you left me here to die. I just have to know. Wow, got emotional again. That is full on. When in the discussion though, man pipes up. Yeah, so he's and so this he, is happening in the yeah. same room. So they're they're in man, so they get There's the message. Four of them Man's in the room. There, yeah. The three crew plus dude had just been in a hypersleep on another planet. And he's listening into this. Yeah. Pretty blase and he chimes in. Well, he never even helped to get the people off the earth. So he obviously no. didn't know. He did not know. But he's been dragging us off the gravity equation for forty years. Amelia, your father solved his equation before I even left. Then why wouldn't he use it? The equation couldn't reconcile relativity with quantum mechanics. You need more. More. More what? More data. You need to see into a black hole. The laws of nature prohibit a naked singularity. Romney, is that true? If a black hole is an oyster, then the singularity is the pearl inside. So the, from that I gleaned that he, his, gravi- his gravity uh, equation lacked the data required that you would discover inside a black hole. That's right. So you know how a black so, hole can distort gravity? Not even light can escape the, a black hole. So the, the data from the black hole was the missing puzzle piece of the puzzle for him. So what you learn in this is basically that um, the three that were out there had no idea. Yeah. And Matt Damon mm. was aware of this whole thing the whole whole time. Yeah. He, he knew about the formula not being again, solved. Again, alarm bell number two. Okay. Alarm bell number two. We're yeah, coming up. We're coming again, up. But again, I'm still so at you, this you point. still, okay, but you, so I think from me having seen it before, you, you're coming in fresh. Yeah. You're thinking, okay, that's just the, how things I've went. I've still got no but alarm bells. From my from me, I'm picking up these little signals about what's about to happen, and let's get to that right now, where the, I like, did you like the flashback between Earth and man's planet, where Earth... You know the crops. She sets the crops on fire to force her brother off the land. She that you hit go back to man and Coop, Cooper. He pushes him off the ledge, headbutts him to try to kill him yeah. to steal his 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 ship. So you're thinking, hang on a minute. 
what, what the hell's going on I here? mean, this is obviously... Was that a shock to you? Yes. Yeah. So the shock for me happened. So they're out walking, right? Yeah. In this area. He's, he's going to take him to landing sites and stuff, right? But you get this wide view and you realise he's not taking him anywhere. Yeah. He... This is there's something going on here. That's when I realised something was going on, and then the fighting shoes. Yeah, and all that so stuff he's happens. fighting to breathe. Uh, they, I think the ship is sort of taken off to try to save him. Uh, meanwhile, Murph has set the cornfield alight. Uh, we find out man was lying all along. Remember the guy who was left behind? I forget his name. The guy that oh, the, the yeah. and he goes in. He presses goes to the button. And, he goes because it needs a it, the the to get the data off the robot. Yeah. It needs a human touch. He had he's to, Old mates yeah. program that yep. so that it self-destructs and yeah. kills the person who's standing there. So he's dead. So man was lying the whole time. Man is he get, takes off in the in one of the ships, tries to get to the station first. Um, Murph meanwhile finds the watch. So remember the watch that yeah. they left behind, and she noticed the second hand twitching. You yeah. remember this? Yeah, yeah. And so this is flashing back to uh, man trying to dock with the endurance. Um, Cooper's trying to dock as well because remember how there's two areas where you can dock, but yep. you see that they look they're they're trying to repair the damage. They realise they can't make it to Earth. The next option now is to slingshot to Edmund's planet. Hmm. So there's all these things going on, and they decide, well, we've got to go into the black hole. We're here. Yeah. We Let's need to go make in. it happen. We've got to go, and so Cooper flies into the black hole. The farm's on fire. Um, I like it. This was a crazy part here where he's into the black hole. He, the ship is sort of going, he's it, it, really struggling. A lot of, like lot lights of are going off. It's, yeah. it's a dramatic moment, but he doesn't seem to lose faith in it. No. Like he's expecting yeah. this. Well, he ejects out of the ship, remember? Yeah. Yep. So he's in the black hole. He's literally floating in the black hole. Yeah. So he appears into some sort of structure, which we later learn is called the Tesseract, right? So. Yeah. So this is just we, lines and lines yeah. and lines. It's a very what, strange. What did you thing. think here when he's suddenly looking through the back of the bookshelf? I went. <laughs> I went. He's the ghost. Yeah. I went. He's the ghost. And you know what? I first realized at this point that the message "stay" was real. Yes. That's what well, I went because well, I assumed when she said "stay." In the early part of the movie, yeah, I I assumed little girl trying to get dad to stay. Exactly, she made right. it up. Well, the, he's looking through. She didn't make it up. He's looking at himself. She through didn't here, make it up. And he tries the Morse cold. He sees himself. Make a mistake, Murph. Make him stay, Merv. Don't let me leave, Murph. Don't let me leave, Murph. No! 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 So Murph realizes at that point that it was him. You mm. were my ghost. But then we learn, this is when the robot speaks up. They learn that they can exert a force across space-time. Cooper. Cooper. Come in, Cooper. Gosh. Roger that. He survived. Somewhere in their fifth dimension, 
They saved us. Huh. What the hell is they? And just why they want to help us, huh? I don't know, but they constructed this three-dimensional space inside their five-dimensional reality to allow you to understand it. Well, it ain't working. Yes, it is. You've seen that time is represented here as a physical dimension. You have worked out that you can exert a force across space-time. Gravity. They sent a message. Affirmative. Gravity can cross the dimensions, including time. Apparently. So was, you, was your brain twisting at this point? Not, not, honestly, not, not much. Yeah. Like I, what I was understanding was that he was in this extra mm. dimension, in this black hole portal, you know, yes. and that he was seeing moments in time. That's essentially what that construct was, was many, many millions of moments in time. I envy your first watch of this, discovering that surprise. Because you, when you see it again, it's obviously still touching, but you know it's coming. Yeah, so right. Did that, so you know it's what's happening. You yeah, know when you true. watch the movie, you think, okay, well, later on he's yeah. going to be discover it's him. Because there's so yeah. many of these reenactments now, these yeah. moments where he looks through and you... Oh, amazing. And they're shot, those scenes from earlier are shot from another angle, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's hard. Mark, the fire's out! Come on! Even if you communicate it here, she won't understand its significance for years. Uh, I, I get that, Tars. All right, but we, we've got to figure something out, all right? The people on Earth are going to die. Think, think, think. Cooper, they didn't bring us here to change the past. Say that again. They didn't bring us here to change the past. They didn't bring us here at all. We brought ourselves. So it's obviously the mankind of the future has done this. Is that your conclusion here? They, we brought ourselves here. So in, in the future, they've discovered these other, the, the whole five dimensions and how they can be not controlled, but viewed and influenced. Is that what you're getting out of that? No, I didn't go that far. I I, I kind of reconciled this <clears throat> by saying to myself that the they was actually, you know, the the, the professor and people like that yeah. were were pushing themselves to create the future. And in fact, what had happened is plan A and plan B were not actually what was created from that. Yeah. It was actually this plan yeah, Z, Z, yeah, yeah right. that was created by yeah. them, and there is no them. Yeah. So, because it, I guess the only missing link for all that is this creation of a wormhole that they yeah. say can't be. Well, yeah, someone that, has that's, to create. Well, they who created that so it was, yeah. must have been a, someone, a human being, must have created that. That's unresolved. In the future, yeah. But did you notice here? This is the bit where remember he says think, and they discover about gravity being out across time, and this is yeah. where Murph has seen the second hand and does the move. second hand. So yeah. he communicated across time. Yeah. And genius. We also see. Did you like the bit where he sees brand distorted? Do you yes. Remember that bit, which is the that bit was of the him bit that's back through there, the, yeah. through the through the ship. So, and I love how when he's finally he he comes out of the of the black hole, drifting in space. You see Saturn. There's two lights approaching. Yes. So, next thing we see, he's in he's in a bed. The doctor says, "Listen, you better take it easy, mate. You're a you're hundred and twenty four years old. So maybe you should take it slow." 
You were uh, extremely lucky. The Rangers found you with only minutes left in your oxygen supply. Where am I? Cooper Station. Currently orbiting Saturn. Cooper Station. What a nice you to name it after me. <laughs> and he the doctor's laughing. What? Well, the station isn't named after you, sir. It's, uh, it's named after your daughter. Although she's always maintained just how important you were. And she's still alive. She'll be here in a couple of weeks. Man, that moment is the well, best. But, but did you notice that they said she apparently, uh, to get there, two-year hypersleep she went into. So yeah. two years she was hi- and in hypersleep. She was frail and shouldn't be yeah. traveling, but she was going to come. Exactly right. And you see also that before he sees her again, you see there's a replica of the farmhouse. Yeah. And did you notice the station had like, it was like a, 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 a con- construct. Yeah. So the because gravity. They playing, playing baseball. They hit yeah. a, they hit a, they they hit hit a, a air win- ball. <laughs> they hit a fly ball and they hit a window on the yeah. on a house on above the roof. them. Yeah. Yes. So they'd worked that out. Uh, that reminds me of a, I've read a book series that I can't believe hasn't been made into a movie called the, the Arthur C. Clarke wrote a trilogy of books or quadrilogy of books called Rendezvous with Rama. And Rama is a, a ship traveling through the universe created by man that's like that. Just like they've created this right. world uh, that travels through the universe. Now they discover this ship that the man discovers a ship like that. It's a great book series, which I'm sure you'll never get to, but <laughs> can't believe can't believe it hasn't been made into a movie. Anyway, um, we see again the talking heads on the screen. Yeah, so all those talking heads we saw earlier are yes. actually video presentations in this museum. Because you've got to yeah. remember, he takes them to this farmhouse, yeah. which isn't there built for him to, to look at. It's yeah. it's actually a museum. For other people. Like when you go and visit a famous person's yeah. ha- childhood home. It was, it it's was roped Murph's, off. Yeah. It's roped off and everything. So it's, Mur- it's not Amazing. him. It's Murph. And all the people talking are yeah. talking about what she did and what they did, what happened. Now, how did you go, mate, when you saw Murph laying in bed, surrounded by all the people, and her dad pretty full on sees her? You told him I like farming. <laughs> How is she ghost? I know. People didn't believe me. They thought that I was doing it all myself. But points to the watch. I knew who it was. Still wearing it. Nobody believed me. But I knew you'd come back. How? Because my dad promised me. So where, where she told her to him to go, 
was to Brand. To go see Brand. Because Brand had taken off to see Edmund's planet. The, the, she's stuck now on that other planet because there was no fuel, no yeah, ability to return. Yeah. The spaceship's gone, everything's. Yep. She's on her own, but she's also aged. The, like, she's got the same yeah. you know, she's physical the same, yeah. attributes as him now. Yes. And he's got nothing else on this spaceship. Yeah. There's no reason to be here. So he's off to see her. And he goes and steals a bloody ranger ship yeah. and, and <laughs> off he goes. Off he goes. And that's, uh, Man, that's the end. That was how were you going, mate? Did you shed a tear or not, mate? Did you, I, did you shed can a I just tear? say I was so glad my was family the bottom, were was at, the bottom. The bottom I'm so <laughs> glad my family were at baseball training. I was a blubbering mess, mate. I was blubbering. Cutting, mess. I was cutting up this audio and listening to that back again, and I was I had it made me cry, mate. This yeah. hit me. I reckon I cried three times in this yeah. movie. Yeah, it's emotional, isn't it? Yeah, mate, what a what a brilliant movie. Yeah. Now, did you catch your lines? This is you, you did refer to this earlier. <laughs> Let's just start with this one. He's going to make an excellent farmer. Yeah, he's got a knack for it. What about college? Well, the uh, university only takes a handful. They don't really have the resources. I to... still pay my taxes. And where, where's that money go? There's no more armies. No, it doesn't go to the university. Look, Coop, you have to be realistic. You're ruling my son out for college now. The kid's 15. Tom's score simply isn't high enough. What's your waistline? Oh, what, 32? I'm about 33 inseam. I'm not sure I see what you're getting at. Are you telling me it takes two numbers to measure your own ass, but only one to measure my son's future? <laughs> that was it's such a great line. line. Mate, Genius if line. It's, that's a line I want to remember, <laughs> just in case it comes that's up awesome. in a parent-teacher interview. And then uh, we hear <laughs> Dr. Brand, or oh, this is Coop, uh, asking about how long it's going to be, uh, how long he'll be gone for. How long will I be gone? Hard to know. Yes. I've got kids, Professor. Get out there and save them. I like this this line when uh, they get on the space station, about to go in the in their dark sleep, and the the one of the uh, one of the um, astronauts talks about the the sort of the flimsiness of the craft. This gets to me, Cooper. This, this, millimeters of aluminum. That's it, and then nothing. Out there for millions of miles won't kill us in seconds. You know that some of the finest solo yachtsmen in the world don't know how to swim. Hmm. They don't know. I mean, if they go overboard, they're done. We're explorers, right? This is our boat. Good line. This is a cracker, too, when they're talking about, he says, oh, what a shame. We've got a perfectly little planet we've left behind. Perfect planet. We are not going to find another one like her. No, it's not like looking for a new condo. The human race is going to be adrift, desperate for a rock it can cling to while it catches its breath. Righto. How did that happen, mate? There is, Even though it was very much science fact, uh, how did this happen? There's a few plot can holes I, here. Can I give you my only real one? Okay. And I won't be surprised if you're okay. not surprised by this. Okay. The Watchers... <laughs> Okay. I know you're a watchman. It's a great, it's a great yeah. concept. Yeah. But if he comes back 30 years in the future or in the past, yeah, it turned out to be longer than that. Yeah. It, mate, it's just going to be a different time, and yeah. maybe a different date. It's not going to say a year. Of course. Yeah. Okay. But it's symbolic, though. Symbolic. I know. But okay. I'm just saying. There's bigger plot holes. <laughs> <though. laughs> there's bigger ones than that. Um, we one thing. Uh, this is kind of a kind of a plot hole. When they're docking with endurance, Cooper's calling out the distances in feet. Right. Apparently, NASA used the metric system. Oh, dear Should God. Have been metric. Now, the uh, a planet orbiting uh, Miller's planet, remember how it was water? 
it would have been tidally locked in orbit, which means it wouldn't rotate. And that would result in the same side facing the black hole all the time. And the wave would be stationary and not have a not be a danger to anyone on the planet. Well, that's some Yeah. You, mate, people think you can't understand interstellar. That what you've just said is yeah. understand, well, not understandable. Well, because it's not because you know how the tides Don't try and tell me you anyway. understand what you just said. I did, said. no, I did. Well, here here's another one. The waves on Miller's planet. Like you know when they landed, yeah. the water was only like a meter deep. Yeah. So how the hell do you get ocean waves that big? When there's uh, that movement of water, oh, I'll, I'll answer that in the same way that a tsunami works. You know, when a tsunami happens, yep. the water actually goes out, yeah, and, there's, right. and there's very okay. little there, so okay. it's actually taking the water from everywhere and then dropping it again. If there was, the, the, this is the the explanation. If there was horizontal movement of water, the currents would be a thousand kilometers an hour in order to feed the wave of that height. Yeah, that's the yeah. issue. Yeah. Um, the population bomb. Remember they had the 500 embryos? Yeah. And they said it would... Exponential it growth. Would, it would never work with the level of resources and equipment that was sent. The 500 embryos would be have to put into 500 incubators yeah. for viable babies to be born. Uh, no sign of that uh, in any of the camps set up. So that was sort of pie in the sky. Nah, I figure they were just going for a one-on-one um, tactic. When Dr. Mann <laughs> is retrieved from his cryogenic chamber... Yep. Remember how Matthew McConaughey sort of like strip, like rips it, it open? Rips it open, yeah. Yeah, so how he said he had slept several times and the last time he said no waking day. So how did he manage to get himself out of the bags on his own if he said he slept? Well, because it was automated. Well, but... but when, the, when you when you set the... My, my reading yeah. of that is if you try and open it before it's open yeah. time, you need to rip it open. But if you set an open date... The thing opens, it unzips so. itself. Because he sort of ripped it open. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you don't uh, normally do it from the outside. You okay. normally do it yourself. All right, I'll leave that to you then. Did you notice? No, no, sorry, things you might not know. Yeah. The majority of the shots of the robots, I don't think I told you this, you know, they either had TARS and Case. Why have were, you not got name? Uh, have you not got explanations for those names? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay, good. They were all I'm waiting practical for. puppets. Controlled. You know, when they were walking, they were actually doing that. It was in camera. They filmed. So it. there was marionettes. Yeah, kind there of was puppet. like a puppetry going right. on there. Um, the onset voice of Bill Irwin was he was there standing next to him, but then they digitally erased him. So the actor was talking on set with the with the other actor, uh-huh. and they erased him from the scene. Uh, Case stood for oh, I think I've got it here somewhere. No, that's a, a little further down. I'll tell you that one. Um, the movie was filmed under a fake name. It was named, filmed under the name Flora's Letter. And that's what uh, Christopher Nolan's daughter's name's Flora. Wow. Yeah, so they, they named after her. Uh, you know, here's an interesting one too. Now, when Christopher Nolan and Matthew McConaughey had never worked together, but they had a perception of how each of them worked. Now, this is interesting because McConaughey said he expected Nolan to be a perfectionist, mm. but he turned out to be really collaborative, had a really dry sense of humour. Um, and he, he liked, this is his quote, he liked the imperfections, whereas Nolan thought McConaughey would be loose and laid back, but in fact, he found out he, he found him to be really intense and serious about his work. Wow. Isn't that funny how impressions of someone can be wrong? Yeah. Anne Hathaway's character, you know, she was named Amelia. Yes. They say that it was a nod to Amelia Earhart. Earhart. She was the, uh, the, her, the woman Makes who sense. went further than any other person in exploring and flying. Yeah. Did you notice uh, the books displayed on the bookshelves shown in the movie were the actual books that he used, that Nolan used to read, that he'd read and used in his research? Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, did you also notice that he deliberately, and did you find it in some parts you had to um, turn up the volume to hear things, to hear them talking? Yeah. I found, I watch it in here, and there were times where the dialogue was drowned out by the music. I'm right. thinking, what's wrong here? That was on purpose. He wanted to, he, he, some, some theatres actually posted signs saying, in case you noticed that, that's the effect that was intentional for you not to hear above the music which I thought was a little weird. And, and it was not a fault of the equipment. The theatres wanted to clear their own names. Uh, this is the first of two movies which Matt Damon played a stranded astronaut. He was stuck on another planet. He was uh, the other one being The Martian, which, which was a year later. And you know why yeah. I thought that it was the other way around? Because when they went for that walk where he ended up trying to kill him, yeah, he Matt Damon's suit was orange it had orange where the other yeah. one was like blue or black yes. and orange was the color of his it's you know suit <laughs> markings in martian well martian was a year later 2015 <clears throat> wow. and have a guess who else was in that movie who was in interstellar i don't know jessica chastain okay she was the captain murph the oh older. my god she was she too. was the captain of the ship going to rescue right, him. There, yeah, you go. there you go mate rightio we've come to the end there uh we need your wrap up and rating so you know my feeling about space yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't, And it was also a two and a what hour movie? Two hours 46. So I'd, I look, <sighs> Stephen, <laughs> I loved it. Oh, Possibly one of the good. best movies I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. I really, really loved it. I can't wait to watch it again. I legit am going to watch this on watch the weekend with, with your the daughter? kids. So yes. your daughter has not seen this? Has not seen it. Jackson hasn't seen it. It's, mate, I mean, it's a lot to take in as a kid, but I don't care. I think she'll she'll enjoy rewatching it. Yeah. Mate, I loved it. And, and it's, it's so funny. I had a couple of people when, when I mentioned it to Silla say, oh, it's difficult to remember. In fact, I'll bloody name call. Um, I'll, I'll mention Rigby, who who was the one that suggested that we try and hold the powder dry. Um, uh he said, let me guess, way too long and way too bloody confusing. <laughs> oh, I disagree. Ah. I mean, it was long, but but there's nothing you'd take out. Yeah. Nothing you'd not. take out. No, of course not. No, I loved it, mate. It's a nine, nine out of ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm a nine as well. Um, just on what, remember I told you what case and TARS and all that meant? Yeah. Um, TARS is an anagram for star. KIP is for Kip Thorne. The producer, remember the right. scientist, okay. and case. Uh, I think with an extra P, you get space. But I think there's also an acronym there as well. But that's that's one of the explanations. Very disappointing. I thought right that'd be much more exciting. Next week, oh, what are we doing? We are watching The Player. What? Starring Tim Robbins, Greta Skarki, directed by Robert Ullman. This is a brilliant movie. It's a fictional look at the power players of Hollywood. It came out in the early nineties. Okay. Main character. Played by Tim Robbins. Here's yeah. your millionaire question. Okay. Uh, is Tim Robbins in The Player, A, an actor, B, a screenwriter, C, a studio executive, or D, a producer? I reckon producer. Bang, oh. Wrong. He plays the studio executive oh, of, of this fictional studio. And this is a really satirical look behind the scenes of Hollywood, how they come up with their ideas and the whole studio structure, the power plays going on. And if there is this movie has so many cameos of, of actual stars, mm. it'll blow your mind. 
So okay. I really, this is a, a, a favourite of mine. It's, it's actually it's its thirtieth anniversary. A couple of hours, mate. Don't worry. Don't panic. It's less than less than two hours. I do keep that in mind when we when we decide on a movie. Is this going to be too long for Trev? <laughs> yeah, I kind of well, need. Mate, to... you got through Interstellar and I, you smashed it. You I know, loved it. but I was lucky. I had uh, something fell through, so I just had ah. an afternoon where I just sat and watched it. <laughs> something mate, fell through. There was a chance I was going to have to get up at this. Early yeah, this morning right. and watch it because okay. I'd kind of left it so late. But no, anyway, oh, as Bathurst was on this weekend, yeah. you weren't watching anything. Yeah, dude, wow. no way. You did very well then to fit it in. Alrighty, well that was uh, Interstellar. We hope you enjoyed that as much as we did, and uh, we hope to have your company for the player, which you've never heard of, of course. No. For next week, well, that's the whole idea of the show. That is, mate. the yeah. best movies you've never seen, and that's a classic heard example. Of. <laughs> Trevor, glad you enjoyed Interstellar as much as I did. Let's do the player next week. Talk to you then. See you next week.